0: A few weeks ago, we started talking about um, freedom from fear. I think hey, this is going to uh, turn to a kind of a season. You know, when you watch movies and you have season one, season two, and each of the season you have an episode. Uh, well, we might be going uh, a long way uh, on this uh, in this series, and that's because it is um, it is a topic that is crucial to the growth, development, and the success of every Christian. Amen. Uh, if you remember, in the in the Garden of Eden, when after Adam and Eve, uh, you know, disobeyed God, when it, after Adam, Adam, committed high treason, two things happened to them. One, they were afraid. So they noticed that they were they were naked. Yeah, I don't want to go into details of all of that, but the impact of the disobedience to God, they were afraid. They heard the voice of the Lord, and they were afraid. But these are the guys that had always stayed in the presence of God and they've always, you know, related with God. But the moment they sinned, condemnation came in. Something happened to them. They knew they did something wrong and they were running from God. And the same thing is happening today. People still have a sense of... Um, unworthiness of God and a lot of people are running from God and a lot of people think that they, there are some things they need to do as religion, as taught us, there are some things they need to do for God to like them, for God to be happy with them. Some people think God is constantly angry at them because they are not good enough or they are not they are not performing well enough. But the funny thing is, is have you ever seen God? If you have never seen God, if you don't know God, how can you tell whether he's angry or not hungry or happy with you and how you can tell if god is hungry or happy with you is by going through the word of god by going through the word of god forget about how you feel forget about the hearsay forget about what prophets and teachers preach you know I asked a relative of mine um they they, they they share a lot of stuff about from their pastor the quotes from their pastor and they have this mindset about hell blah 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 you know um, I saw uh, one of the posts I saw was um, it's I think there's only one trip to heaven or something like that if you miss it you know you missed it and I smiled so I asked them I said um, can you give me a scripture that you know talk about this and it's been over two weeks now I'm still waiting for them to come back to me and tell me where they see in the bible what they said there's somebody very close to me I I'm not trying to expose them but I'm just trying to like you know use this as a, use this as an example of what's going on today so a lot of people have a different perspective of God based on what the man of God have told them so we this thing this we need to bear in mind all pastors including myself are on a journey with God we are discovering God for ourselves we are growing I can tell you that there there's a lot of there's a lot of chance a lot of possibilities for you to even know more things than I do in some areas in the Bible because I'm on a journey as well. I'm trying to learn as much as I can, know God. But the thing is that some people will just be opportune to know some stuff that I don't know. So if uh, some if people are actually relying on me look so leak for their spiritual growth and maturity, uh, they are doing themselves a disservice because each and every one of us have um, access to God. Um, pastors, we have an assignment and I don't want to go into details of that because of our time this morning. And um, I'm trying as much as possible to discharge my... Uh, duty as a pastor. If you go to Ephesians 4, 11 to 15, you find my assignment there. So... Um Pastors say all my now stuff, prophets say all my now stuff, a lot of people have different perspectives of God and um, many people feed their spiritual life from the things they say which are knowing in the Word of God. I try as much as possible to help people to align them with the Word of God and you, if you're um, watching or connecting with us for the first time, you wouldn't see how I demonstrate this as I go through the Word of God this morning right so a lot of people have different perspective of god you know you know they are afraid They, you know they think they will make hell you know they they you know they want to make heaven they are not sure about it all kind of and there's fear in people's heart because they never they don't know when they have done enough and i like, do you know what i have good news for you you will never you will never do enough for god to like you goodness you will never be able to do enough you would never be able to meet the standards of the righteousness that Jesus lived. You will never. It's not a cross, it's the truth. Because in your human strength you cannot you cannot live like God. You cannot live like Jesus. And that's why God gave us The Spirit changed our heart to Christ Jesus when we give our life to Christ so that we can grow into the fullness of the stature of Christ. We can grow into that maturity of Christ. Now, take note of the word grow. We can grow, which means we are improving on a daily basis, per second, per minute. We can grow to become the people that God has called us to be. But to think that we will have to do enough for God to be happy with us, we will never get there. And the question is, have you ever gotten that you've been doing, 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 you pay 20% of your time of you pay 20% tight. And when I use the word pay is because you are trying to expecting that God will be happy for happy with you, or you think God will bless you. So you are giving something to get something. Right? So that's payment, but we are not supposed to pay tight. We're supposed to give. Amen. So a lot of things, you know, fill in the blank. There's so many things making people unstable. But Luke chapter 1 verse 74, the Bible tells us that God does not want us to serve him in fear, right? Then you may say, but the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We'll get there. Uh, Fear in that context is not talking about fear of terror, fear of harm, fear of punishment. It's talking about respect, deep respect for the Lord. Amen. So uh, carrying on 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 religious fear. I talked. I define religious fear as uh, fear that religion brings into our lives. Connecting it back to what I was saying about Adam, when they sinned, they, they they were afraid of God, right? Sin separates us from God. Sin makes us feel unworthy of God. Jesus came to remove that barrier of sin, so that we can be reunited with the Father. But that does not mean that our emotions and our mind will not still play on us that we are unworthy of God. And that is why, according to Romans chapter 12, verse 2, that we need to renew our mind. We need to change our, change our thinking in line with our new status. You are no longer a sinner, if you are a child of God. Because sin is a nature, sin is a state of being, of, of a person who does not have the life of God in them. But the Bible tells us, Jesus said, he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Talking about when you receive Christ Jesus into your life as your Lord and your Savior, you have access to the Father to become a child of the Father. And that's why Ephesians chapter 2 tells us that we are being, we are now members of the family of God. We are no longer strangers. Amen. And that word was not given to pastors, prophets, preachers, teachers. It's given to all of us. Before a person becomes a pastor or a prophet, they were first born again, a child of God. Provided they give their life to Christ before they took up the title or took up, it, took up their vocation as a job. Okay, and to also clarify this: not all pastors are born again, not all prophets are born again. Many of these people take it as a vocation; they just want to do something good. I'm not kidding. I've met, I've met at least one person who don't believe in Christ Jesus, but a pastor in one of the respected churches in England. They are not Christians. They are not born again. My wife, I don't know, I think my wife was just born by the Holy Ghost. She asked this guy, she said, so, you know, what got you into this? Why did you, why, did you come, why did you become a kind of a pastor, in a sense? And she was like, I just want to do something good. He's not born again. He doesn't even know the gospel is written. He does not know the gospel, but he wants to do something good that will make him feel good. And you know that he knows a lot of people, wants to. they want to get closer to God. So, to him, it's a vocation. He doesn't believe in the God that he's talking about. That may shock you. So, look out for those things. And that's why you can't just go to just any church. You have to prayerfully connect with churches. So forget about this, trying to connect yourself to churches who have a name. We are in the times where we have to be very serious with our lives. If you know, if you know you're part of a Christian community uh, that is making you worse than you join them, no, dragging you away from God you don't have peace Worship, you don't have peace with God you're so unstable you, you are in this sense of like doing, doing, doing you are constantly bombarded with fear or something you need to do for God to like you you gotta come out of it because God has not called you to, to that kind of relationship with him Jesus said in the book of uh, John chapter 17 verse 23 he said Let's say that they may know that just the way you loved me you have loved them Jesus said himself just the way you have loved me you have loved them let's go there uh, John seventeen twenty three. Now it says, "I'm reading the New King James Version. I in them and you in me, that they may be perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me." and I have loved them as you have loved me. You may say that applies to just disciples of Jesus Christ, but the Bible says that you are a child of God. John 1, 12, it said to as many as received him, he gave them the right to become a child of God. First John 3 says that what manner of love the Father has bestowed, not we bestow, what manner of love as God has shown us that we should be called children of God. So in case you are thinking that that, Love of God demonstrated there is only applicable to the disciples of Jesus. Uh, you are wrong, because as a, you, because <laughs> these guys were not even Christian. I don't think they were born again at this point in time. But God, but Jesus was so demonstrating the love of God to the people and trying to explain how much God loves you, right? And um, okay, this is me using it to some kind of technical term. I don't think God will love you less than His disciples. I don't think he will love you less than disciples. So if you are a child of God and God sees you the way he sees Jesus, uh, be, it, it, it's not going to mistreat you. Does it make sense? All right, fantastic. So uh, we need to understand the relationship God has called us into. Amen. God has called us into a relationship of peace with him, not a relationship of fear with him. God does not want you to be scared of him. Now running away from God will not help you. Some people say, say things like, you know, when you sin, God will stop speaking to you. But go back to Genesis. After Adam and Eve sinned, was God speaking to them? Did he speak to them? Even when Cain killed his brother, did God speak to him? So that thinking is not right. Right? When you mess up, when you make mistakes, or when you sin, right when you mess up God does not leave you he wants you to come back to him he wants you to repent and come back to him straight away some weaknesses and vulnerabilities in our lives God is not blind to them he is aware of them and nobody else in the world can help you no therapist in the world can help you I am very emphatic about this I know people will jump at me when I talk touch on this therapists can help you on a mental level but the deep issues in your heart they cannot really help you because there's no such thing that can really destroy the power of sin in us. And when I'm talking about sin, I'm not talking about your sin. But the pan- power of sin in the world, the wickedness, the evil that's coming to this world. There's nothing in this world that can heal it, that can destroy that power, except the power of God. Any other kind of behavior modification cannot help. Friends, I've seen so much. And that's why I can talk boldly. Please, do not be carried away by what your therapist or your counselors are telling you. Because many of what they tell you is not correct. You see some people who are therapists, who are this, who are that, and they commit suicide. Come on, what are we talking about? I'm very bold. I'm not saying don't go for therapy. I'm not saying do not seek counseling. I'm not saying you should not seek guidance. But I'm telling you that they can only help you to a certain point. But the real deep issues in your heart. It's only the power of God. The word of God. The truth according to Jesus in John chapter 8 verse 32. He said if you continue my word then ye are my disciples. And you will know the truth. And the truth will make you free. It is truth that makes people free. Not techniques. behavioral Behavioral modification. Amen. I know what I'm talking about. I know it's deeper than this. If you need more clarification on that, try, reach out to me. Let me book time in my diary and explain to you clearly. Amen. Amen. So the fact that a person mess up or a person sin doesn't mean, does not mean that God would abandon them. If God did not abandon us while we're yet sinners, according to Romans chapter 5 verse 8, if God did not abandon us, if God did not give up on us, if God did not quit on us, so what we make Him quit on you, be angry at you, leave you when you are trying to put yourself right now that you are his child, trying to change the way you think. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Let's carry on talking about religious faith. So, I define religious, religious, I define religion as, you know, a set of rules that men have set down, you know, to, on how they can relate with God, you know, how they can relate with God. But you've never seen God. Jesus said, no one has ever seen God except the one who comes from the Father, Jesus Christ. You can never know God except you look at Jesus properly, look at the lifestyle he lived and follow the things he said. In John chapter 5, he says that, I did not come to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. He said, the things that I do are the things I see my father do. So if you never saw Jesus killing people, destroying people, condemning people, God is not doing that. God God saw that a lot of people, they're, gonna, they're, not, going to, they're not going to know him at all. They will just be using their imaginations to just think, you know, God is angry, God is that. And he sent Jesus to you to show you who exactly he is. In Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says that Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. Hebrews chapter 1. Yeah, I can't remember this verse now, but I am there. Like, the Bible says that upholding all things by the word of his power. But I think verse 3, we can get there later. Okay, let's go there. So I can close that one up. And I'm not trying to uh, remember it in my mind as I speak. Yeah, verse 3. It's, the Bible says, talking about Jesus, it's a will being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. You know what that means? The exact representation of God. Jesus is the exact representation of God. So don't try to put some additions. I know God can, God is angry with me. God is trying to teach me a lesson. All those things if you cannot find a justification for them in the Bible, we should not be having a conversation about it. Regardless of what prophets, teachers, every people have taught you. It's when we hold the word of when we are living our Christian life by, because of the things that these people have told us, it tells us that we esteem those people above the word of God. Now, who created you? Who died for you? Who looks after you? God. So why do you run your life by what men man of God says and not by what the one who loves and cares and died for you says? Something is not right with the way we think if we are thinking that way. A time must come in the life of a man and a woman. A time must come in the life of a child where they say, you know what, what God says about me is what is final. I will not leave, I will not live my life by what men of God says to, uh, to me that is contrary to what the Bible says about me. I know I come from a culture where there's you know we are very, very respect-driven, we respect our elders. But I I want to repeat, I want to repeat to you. These men and women of God don't own your life. God owns your life, Amen. God owns your life. You are accountable to God. So let me just use the common phrase at the at the end of the day. You know we all approach the judgment seat of Christ and give an account to God. So let's just use that picture for now, kind of thing, based on how it's commonly used. You know when you get to heaven and you, if you are going to be given account to God, that's it's kind of you know presented. Let's just use this as an illustration. I am I, I, not able to go into what it actually means now, but let's just assume. Let's just assume that we're going to go before the Father. All of you all queue on the line and going to talk. habit, habit I don't think is, 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 is what's going to happen. Let's just assume that's the way. Now, who will you report to regarding what you did on earth? Who are you going to report to? You know, who are you reporting to? Jesus, right? The man of God will not be hard. We'll be out of the equation. So we should you respect and who should do honor more. We should you be more conscious and mindful of. Yeah, you got it right. God, Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and he has given you the Holy Spirit to guide you. So every man of God is meant to walk in line with the word of God. You need to be very careful how you listen to people. You need to find out if they actually believe in the word of God, like I gave an example of a pastor earlier on. See, your, 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 your satellite navigation or spiritual satellite navigation to keep you in a church should be dependent on what the bible say what keeps you in a church or what should keep you in a church is what the bible say because when the bible is out of the equation you have no right to stay there forget about the fact that you have families or you have children you have this this is a community friends the christianity is is deeper and more serious than we think you don't say because you have family, your children, they have, their are friends and you leave them in a place where they can be spiritually destroyed. They are being taught a wrong doctrine and when they go to uni, they are confused or when they become teenagers, they are confused and they cannot, they don't even know God. So why were you in the church in the first place? You might as well just be at home and not believe anything or just, just don't believe anything. Friends, Christianity and our spiritual life is a very serious matter. We have every responsibility to be mindful of where we take our children to. One of the men I respect in my life is a, is one of the is the oldest in our in our church. I'm not, uncle. I'm not saying you're older. I'm just saying that in age, you're older than all of us. He pulled his family out of a church. He said, "You know what? They are not growing here," and he moved them. He, he moved them to Transmart Church. The day I had it, I respect him and I still respect him for that. It's not convenient because the children have community in that church. They have friends. But he knows that, you know, this is not going to help my family on the long term. The children may see it as, I'm not saying they see it that way, but children may see it as mean, you know, like we're going to lose all our friends, blah, blah, blah. But they may not see the impact of the gospel working in their life until they grow up one day like, you know, I can't, I know God for myself. Amen. I pray that the Lord give you understanding. This is very serious. I can, as a as a human being, as a pastor, I can only express it to a certain extent, but it's deeper than this. And I pray that the Lord speak to your heart. It's time for us to stand up and to walk with the Father, not being afraid of what men and women of God will say. They don't own your life. God owns your life. Praise the Lord. So last week, as I look, began to look at the different types of um in areas in, the Christi- in Christianity where we struggle, I mean, that breeds religious fear in us, brings fear based on what religion says, you know, religious men and women say to us. I talked about, talk about giving. You know, I showed us of the scriptures where Paul said that we should give from, we should give willingly, we should give generously, not grudgingly. You know, so all those things that people say, like, uh, you know, if you don't give out of pain, you have not given, it's a lie. It's a lie because the thing is, is when they ask you to give out of pain, you know, we are giving so that you can get or so that God will not be angry at you. You are giving so that God can bless you financially. But do you know that the richest men in the world today, the people and the the men and the women who are controlling the economy of the world, majority of them are not born again. So something is not right with that thinking. When we are giving so that God can give to us. Uh, when I was trying to, we've been trying to open the bank account for the church, uh, share bank account for the church. And we've been on these matters for, I think, since last year, since last year, July or August, thereabout, But let me not mention the name of the bank because they deserve, they deserve, uh, minus 10 customer service rating. We did this application nearly six times and it wasn't going through. But I leave I leave you. Their, their name start with N. I'll leave it there. I <laughs> I really want to give them this and, and hence with T, but I'm not saying more. <laughs> Honestly, because it's it just, it just, it just, it's, it's just it's just a lack of you know, it, it, i don't want to I don't want to get into their mood this morning. Amen. But it's it's so silly, you know. Application for seven times and you know, but that's that's by the way. Right. So we've been trying to open this account for some time now, and um okay. Few few steps was taken to get it, to to get his account open, but he's not opening. So we were this. Uh, so finally, we were able to go reach a guy. We, we, were, we were one of the banks this uh, this Friday. Hopefully, they they would, they will do well, right? And um, different. a different bank, yeah, not the same one. A different bank. And um, we're talking. We, I was talking to this guy, and he had different perspective about Christian. I was just asking, you know, these days, blah 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 blah. How do I and I had this opportunity to minister the gospel to this guy he took the name of the church and uh, sorry yeah and the website he said you know because it was just so interested it was it, it, you can see that it's kind of battled in his mind and he wanted to know the truth amen mm-hmm. right so what one second i'm trying to i don't want to skip something here okay i think i need to move fast now because i just realized i'm kind of out of town so I missed the gospel to this guy and um you know hopefully he, he he shows up one day because his heart was kind of like um disturbed and he wanted to know the truth. So talking about money, giving money in the world, I said most of the people who are controlling the economy of the world today are not born again. They are not what? They are not born again, you know. Like the guys I met in the bank, they are not. Even born again, but they know how the system works, right? They know how the system works. They are working it. You know they, that guy was sitting in that position to open that back and count for us. He was always not born again because he knows how the system works, right? So most of the time when we are cajoled to give in church, it's so that we can get. But the blessing, but so that that brings us to the question: What is the blessing? So they ask you to give, you know, they said uh, they say things like, "If you sow this seed, the Lord will bless you." So my question for you this morning is, what is the blessing of the Lord? What is the blessing of the Lord? I was saying to that guy in the bank, I said, you know, I, I told him how much my wife and I has invested in this since we started. It was like, wow. I said that and it was like, so what is our projected um, income? I said, okay, just for myself and my wife alone, this is projected. It was like, wow. I was like, yeah. Just for myself and my wife alone, we're not doing this because we want to get anything. And I'm actually looking at how to raise millions because of some things that God is showing me as to what he wants us to do in the future. Amen. And I will never write it down. I will never cajole members of the church to give some kind of special offerings that God can bless them. If you have a project, guys, we have this project, it's going to cost us 1.5 million, right? And we need to want to do this in two years. What can you give? Give as the Lord leads you. I'm trusting God that I will, that when, listen, I'm not trying to brag, but I'm trying to really make a mess of this, thinking this girl bless me i'm trusting God that when they try to give their best of their best i'm g- we're gonna have a lot of rich people in church. but when they give the best of their best i want to be able to match it three times yeah so we raise often, right when you need 1.5 million maybe the church are able to do 1 million i want to put up 3 million and i mean it i'm not joking i have some plans in my mind of how to take out a ro- <laughs> okay let me not get there I, I'm not doing a this for, for God to bless me. If you look at how I'm, look, I'm thinking, I'm not thinking I should give or cajole people to give so that God can bless us. I'm thinking, I'm looking at myself as somebody who is blessed. I just need to know how the system works. Amen. <clears throat> Excuse me. So a few things I wrote down in my notes here. Now, <laughs> if you think blessing is money, breakthrough jobs, uh, something is not right there. You know why? Because many of the jobs that we are owed in today were created by men who are unsaved. With all due respect, wicked men, I think the fifth or the sixth richest man in the world, I know know, these figures are changing. When I saw his personality and what he's doing, you know, um, this guy was attacking. The way he went after Bill Gates at some point in his career was horrible. I mean, he wanted to bring that guy down so that he can retain his position as a leader in that industry. He went to dig all kinds of debt about this guy. He he did so much. That's how horrible. And this company is one of the companies that believers will die for to work there. Yeah. And many believers today, they have a sense of status, a sense of significance because they work with this company. But the owner of that company, you know, when I post like that, because I'm trying to look for the nice word to use, is, 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 is one of the cousins of the devil's family with that attitude. I'm not condemning him. We need him to give his life to Christ because I need that technology to be able to reach the world. Amen. Right? I'm not condemning but where he is now, his current state now, he's, one he's, a, he's a member, he's a family member of the devil and his um, cousins with a kind of wickedness in his heart. And he's one of the richest men in the world. And he has provided jobs so that he can drive his own vision. And many of us, many of us, many of us Christians, b- because we're able to work with such company, we think it's a blessing of the Lord. Something is not right. Without thinking, mm-hmm. you know, there's some companies in this. There's some companies in this wo- in this world that need my skill set, mm-hmm. but I chose not to work with them. On. One was offered. You know, we we're at this at this stage. They knew I knew my stuff. They knew they needed me, and I said I'm not. I called the agents. I said I'm not doing this because the company was is promoting. They're one of the biggest promoters of evil in this land, in terms of media. Right, and I say, you know what? I I can't stand it. And it was a very, 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 very good pay, right, compared to what I was earning. I called us. I'm not doing this. So somebody could have said, no, this is a breakthrough job. There's some there's some companies I will never work for. Mm. They, they, they say the leader might not be bad, but because they promote wicked, I will never work for them. But some people say this is a blessing. This is a breakthrough. They have a name. Forget about that name. Mm. Amen. <clears throat> Why should I be looking for a when God has blessed me with an ability to create businesses and employ people? Friends, but it's hard work. You know, my wife and I were talking and we figured out that <laughs> we were deceived growing up. So we thought, that once you become a Christian, things will just automatically fall on your lap, in a sense. You just need to don't need to do too much. So it is the kind of teaching is this. You know, you put in 20% effort and the law will crown the 80% and you have so much return and re and, and results like the people of the world. But that is a lie. Yeah, the Lord rewards us, we have an anointing upon us, we can work better, we can see things, we can avoid evil kind of thing, but you still have to put into a very much extent equal amount of work. Your re- your your output may be greater than theirs, but you seem to put in an equal amount of work. Let me say this. Christianity is not a reason to be lazy. Christianity is not, it's not an excuse for laziness. Can I get a believing amen? Mm-hmm. So, uh, when we say we give to get God's blessing, and we're thinking in the lines of uh, breakthrough jobs, something is not right, because many of the so-called, so-called breakthrough jobs are not from the Lord. They're just that a, compl- a an employer sees your CV worthy of um you know consideration, and they call you i know sometimes the devil stand in a way to frustrate us discourage men and women so that they don't call us to work in some places i know that happens but most of the time we need to look at it from the point of what value do i carry to be to, to the marketplace and if you're not getting job like god oh, is there anything else you want me to do is there, what can i do what can i start doing and i i know there's much in there but i just want to call out that what we refer to as blessings which is which is um A threat, uh, okay, getting the blessing of God or losing the blessing of God, which is a threat that we are being bombarded with in church, is 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 not right. It's religious fear, and we need to stand against it. You must be able to give willingly out of your heart. But to be to to be very honest with you, if you are trying to limit yourself to ten percent, okay, uh, okay, let me not say too much. I think for a believer, we should be looking to earn much more so that we can give more than 10%. percent i repeat, I'm not saying we should start giving more than 10% on a, on a regular basis to our local church, but I think we should be thinking, oh, can I give 50%? So how much do I really need to look after my family and to do all that stuff? Uh, because I want to grow to a point where I can be able to give 50% for the sake of the gospel, for the gospel. Right? So the New Testament believer should not be thinking 10%. We're all fighting about 10%, 10%. You should be thinking about how you should be, We should be setting our financial what we want to give. I'm talking to you that I'm, I'm going to one. I'm going, trying to get to a point where when the church family, gives one million. I want to give three, and I mean it. I have plans to be giving sixty percent of my income to the church in millions, and i one of the reasons I'm working so hard because I've not I've not come to a pastor to get money. I've come to a pastor for the sake of the people to do what God has called me to do. I've come to give, not to get. And that's when, when, if I preach a gospel and 20% members of the church d- d- decide not to show up in church the following day, to, in order to pump. P- p- our church family are not like that because I teach them well. But some churches, you know, when, when the pastor, many, when it, he's beginning to come to the realization of the truth, to preach the truth, right? And um it the church members the, the hard way. They just stop giving tight. It will not happen in that church because I teach them well. Amen. Amen. But if I'm mentoring that kind of pastor, And I will have mentored him and trained him to take his finances very seriously. If 20% or 30%, even 40% left church, it will not even shake you. You put your team together. Let's get back. Let's get on the street and let's get the work going. Because your, your source of income is not from the church. You'll be bold to speak. I'm bold to speak because it's not the church family. (laughs) My income does not come from the church family and I'm not, I'm not expecting to come from there. So I'm bold to speak. It's my responsibility to look after my family. Men, listen to this. Pastors ministers listen to this it's a responsibility to look after your family not the church praise god let's carry on so uh some of us i said some of us some of the jobs many of us are holding today were created by men and women who are not saved and that's why you, we cannot easily talk about jesus at work yes a man who really fears the lord he is the owner of the business they should not be sanctioning you or attacking you or making you feel uncomfortable when you talk about God. I'm not talking about talking about God in a religious sense. I'm talking about threatening people with hell or with punishment. That's a big problem we have in the body of Christ. Many of us think that how we preach the gospel is by tormenting and threatening people with hell. I'm going there now. Amen. <clears throat> uh, praise God. And then another the thing I wrote down here is this. I said... Until you find out that some people would testify about a miracle job, cut corners, or use connections to get a job. That's why testimonies will allow in the Transformers Church to be broadcast are the ones that are really very tightly connected to the workings of the gospel. And I'll find out. If we say you, 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 you spoke to the Lord and God, I will I will vet your testimony. I will investigate your testimony. You may feel bad about it, but I will investigate everything because I'm not going to allow you to come and tell the church family something that did not really happen. That doesn't feel good, but that is what I will do. I'm just telling everybody now. Every testimony must be unique and genuine from the start to finish. Then we know we have a testimony. But if it is cut corners and things like that, I will now ask questions. I'm an analyst. I will ask. So get ready. Amen. Because I've seen a lot witnessing so another way that people kind of like put fear in people in in the um, in a sphere, you know religious fear and on that channel is witnessing so you see things like uh this is if you don't give your life to christ today what if you die tonight what a way to minister the gospel <laughs> so if many people give their life to christ if many people I repeat give their life to christ based on this threat i can tell you that 99 percent of them okay let me not be too Let me let me stay on the on the margin of safety. I can tell you that over fifty percent of them do not have a relationship with God because they came into the they came into the Christian family based on fear. And even if by chance they come to know the true gospel, so I'm saying that many of such people may not even know the gospel. Even by chance they come to know the true gospel, they will suffer and struggle with fears for so many years in their relationship with God. Don't forget, God has not called us to serve him in fear or with fear. But many people are in this fear because how they got into the Christianity is through fear. The fear of destruction, fear of hell. So they don't know what they would do or what they may not do for them not to make hell. If that's how you think about the gospel, if that's how you think about a relationship of God, you've been sold the wrong gospel. Yeah, I use the word sell. You've been sold the wrong gospel because they sold something to use... So, so that you don't get a consequence, you accept something. But they are supposed to minister the gospel to you, preach the gospel to you, share the gospel, not sell you, share the gospel to you, with you, so that you can receive the gift and the gift of the grace of God. And you can be, you can come into the family of God. You can be a new person. So many people's Christianity is driven by fear because they brought them into the, into the Christendom with fear. And many of us who are working with God today, serving God, witnessing, you know, we have this mindset of if I don't do it, God will not bless you. I used to be part of a church that your the blessing you receive from God, we don't know which one, whether it's for your job or for money. You know, I've covered that earlier on. The blessing you receive from God is proportional to the amount of souls you win. And people were going around manipulating people, intimidating people, so that the people can say the prayer of salvation. The people can come to church. This church, they didn't know how manipulative they are. And we all know that when you, when you manipulate people, it's, it's um, synonymous to uh, practicing witchcraft. And over 70% of the church are in this manipulation business. And they are growing in numbers. And people say these people are growing. I'm thinking they are not growing mm-hmm. because what they are doing is they are intimidating people. They are using the fear of COVID. We have a prophet in the house. Okay, you can see how I'm driving my hands. Right? We have a prophet in the house. You know, uh, um, the COVID vaccine is um, is of the devil. You're gonna become turned to most. I'm not saying, I didn't say that. You know, that's what many people are saying. So you know, if you want a protection over your life, come to our church. Right, the bishop of the house, the anointing, blah blah blah. My bishop said, my bishop said, I'm like Jesus Christ. Lord help us. So fear, fear, many people come into these churches motivated by fear and the sad thing is that they are not able to have a relationship with God. So when somebody is saying, my bishop says, the God of my bishop, the God of my papa, the God of this, they don't have a relationship with God because they they have a conduit, a middleman between themselves and God. Because if they have a relationship with God, they will say, God is my father. I am born again. I'm a child of God. He looks after me. But thousands of churches, the churches with thousands of people connect with God via the man of God. That's not right. I'm not praying for any man of God to die, but if the man of God should die today, does that mean your hope is gone? Come on, let's wake up. Amen. Amen. Right. So if you are the one we, if you are being witnessed to ensure that you don't receive the gospel by fear. And if you are because of you know by, by because of fear, and if you have been brought into the gospel as a result of fear, then we need to teach you the true gospel so you can reach out to us and we can help you out to come to know the true gospel and so that you can walk in the peace. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Don't just be asking me to say this, even though I'm nearly out of time, but it's asking me to say this that when your walk with God is fear-driven you are susceptible to all manner of evil attacks. Yeah, When your relationship with God is, when your Christianity is driven by fear, you are open to all manner of evil attacks. You are afraid of God who can, who can help you. And the enemy is there. What a life. Instead of you to have a fantastic relationship with God, to put the devil in his place. So you are afraid of two people, uh, two personalities, two persons. God the Father who loves a kiss for you, True Christ Jesus delivered you from the power of darkness, Colossians 1.13. and you're afraid of the devil. What a miserable life! Mm. Now, when I hear about some satanic attacks on people's life, when I begin to investigate it, I just saw where I see where the problem is from. That people don't have a relationship with God. I'm not saying all satanic attacks. Or now, let me clarify that. When I talk about when I talk about satanic attacks, I'm talking about the ones that are just passes for so long. Right, and some too, like from the devil, is because the people themselves don't have a close relationship with the Father, so they are open to all manner of stuff. And when you begin to ask them questions, you can see where they are. So I'm not saying that all satanic attacks come as a result of a lack of relationship with God. The devil will attack you. The devil attacks me. I mean, he does that. You know, he comes to put the thoughts in my mind, do some stuff, but I don't allow him to stay. So the devil will attack you way or the other if you're a child of light, but... When you see some demonic cooperation in people's life, it's as a result of what they are driven with, what they are driven by. No relationship with the Father, no confidence in the Father, no confidence in the power of God. And they're going from place to place, looking for deliverance, looking for the man of God to speak into their life, looking for an anointing oil, looking for water, looking for an anchor chief, and for man too. Amen. Like I said, on that joke, like I said, if I'm interviewing for roles in my, in my company, and you come for interview, no you. And somebody comes for interview, and they bring out their mantle, and they try to because I've been there, so I know how this thing works. You just bring it out, you just you just put it somewhere, you know, kind of thing. as if it's just an handkerchief, but I know is what they call is it, mantle. Now, what mantle means is the power of God in handkerchief that you use to secure favor or to defeat your enemy. If a person comes to me and they bring that handkerchief, because I know what it is, I may not give them the job. So before you go and call HR and start watching me, if they are not good enough to do the job, I will not give them. But if they are good enough to do the job and they are the best candidate, or I feel, you know, this is the right fit for the team. I'll give them the job, but I'm gonna call out that I know what that catch is meant for. And I'm not giving them that and yeah, maybe when they when they join the team, I'll let them know that I'm not-I didn't give you that job because of that man to you, brought in. And some some of them were shocked. Amen. Let's get things right, friends. Amen. Amen. So um Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9 that you know what he preaches the gospel willingly. And this should be the this should be the 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 attitude of every believer that it is our it is it's it's our responsibility to minister the gospel. We don't minister the gospel to get a blessing or to get something from God, but we don't want men to go to hell. The Bible tells us in the book of 1 Timothy 2, he said. God does not want any to perish but all to come to the knowledge of the truth. And if we are children of God, we should be about our father's business. Who does not who does not want any to perish but all to come to the knowledge of the truth? Amen. On that one is holy living. On that way, that's been religious fear has you know crampled, um has messed up people's lives. It's true. This call, so so-called holy living. Can I say this to you? Holiness is a byproduct of a relationship with God, right. When it comes to holy living, we should not be thinking about living holy so that we can we can be qualified for God's blessing or we can be qualified to, to work with God. No. We should be looking at the fact that we are holy in our spirit and look at how do we live out this holiness. And that's why if we look at all the epistles. Paul, we start by telling the people their new position in Christ, that they are born again, child of God. And after, done that, after doing that, it then tells them about their conduct Paul never starts with conduct, In, Paul never starts with conduct because conduct will not change you to be able to relate with God, I mean, it, conduct will not change you, it's your new nature that will change you, so your conduct should be driven by the realization and or the acknowledgement of your new identity but if you want to put your if you want to do it the other way around you reach you will be, you, you'll be you'll be you'll be you'll be driven by religious fear condemnation inadequate low self-esteem and all manner of stuff because in your right ma- in your mind or by your own strength you cannot live right enough things will happen you will misspeak you will miss you will miss act like i was going to attack a bank this morning but i, I was i was there. i chose to walk in love I'm walking the Holy Ghost. Even though I gave you the two letters that started, that has started and hand your name, but I had to just walk in love. Amen. Somebody said, you're walking in love, sir. <laughs> I'm walking in love. I get to me. So you will feel, think people will get you angry. And if your action is what the time is, what you use to determine your identity, you will be one of the most miserable people on earth. And that's why many people are miserable. Many people can't relate really with God because they're saying, I'm not good enough. I'm not this. I'm not that because they are looking at their action. But if they understand that they have been born again, the Bible says, if any man being Christ is a new creature, all things are passed away and all things become new. If people understand that they're first of all born again and understand what that born again nature is like, see, understand the nature of Christ in them and begin to practice to work in that nature, you'll experience a fantastic life. You'll be the acknowledging that God has made you a new person helps you to get closer to him, secures your heart relationship with the father. But coming from the other end will torment your life, torture your life. But religion teaches you to come from the other end of action first. So they want you to act right before you are considered a a good Christian. No, you consider first that you are born again, you're a new creature. And the the less conscious you are of sin, the more conscious you are that you're a child of God, the more confident you are in your relationship with the Father. Rewind that one and um, it will bless you. Amen. So holy living. Holy living is a pride to be able to live holy, it's a function of understanding your identity in Christ Jesus. And then the fact that you are a Christian doesn't mean that you're not be tempted with evil desires. And that's why First Peter 2 tells you that you know you should abstain from evil desires that which were against your soul right when we are when we engage evil desires in our heart they build fear so you may have that pleasure you may enjoy it at that moment but you know that after you have done that piece of stupid like pastor Doom cause it condemnation comes in fear comes in you know so some people think god is angry at them god wants to what is punishing them because of what they don't know the thing is when you give yourself to evil desires and you act on them kids listen to this when you give yourself to evil desires things that you see your friends do those negative and terrible things. When you do it at that point in time, everybody, most, majority are in the, they are high in spirit, but the following morning, there's condemnation, oppression, suppression. But they still come on social media and Instagram, how oh, we had fun last night. We did this other that." but they are struggling with heavy, deep, breath. friend. There's so much deception around us. There's so much deception around us. I tell you that what the expression you see on the face of most people who are living outrightly a wicked lifestyle is not the true status of, this, of their soul on the inside. People go rave, they get drunk, they indulge themselves in all kinds of evil desires and stuff, and they come the following him when they tell you we had so much fun. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. Give me ten of such people and let me have a one-to-one session with them. If they allow us to to broadcast, you know, to, you know, to broadcast the, the 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 content of our of our, of my interview with them, you see how deeply messed up they are on the inside, and that's why they keep giving themselves to more evil desires so that they can numb their sensitivity to those things. And then you realize that somebody's is committing suicide or they're beating up their wife, they're doing stuff and stuff like that. Evil desires ruin us. They have no benefit. There's fun. There's there's fun. It's pleasurable at that moment, but the aftertaste is too bitter, too bitter to to even consider of having it. And if you find yourself in that kind of situation, it's time for you to start uh, to make a U-turn, to start thinking differently and say, you know what? I may have a quick fix at this point in time, but the lasting effect is too bad, is killing me, is bringing more harm into my life than the fix that I get. And we need to train our brain to think this way because our body most of the time is accustomed to that feeling and um, we just want to have it like, but you can beat it because the power of God is on the inside of you Amen Right, so um, another thing I want to call out is correction guys please give me 8 minutes please because I don't have more to cover here but I need to finish this so we can get into something else next week Right. Um, correction. So some people have this mindset that, you know, wherever the father loves, it, it, it corrects. And the way they see the correction is God putting evil on you, teaching you a lesson, you know, by, you know. But that's not true. I repeat, that is not true. God does not use evil to punish you. Probably I'll do it. Maybe I'll do a teaching on this one day. God does not walk with the devil. You know, people look at Job 121 where Joe said that God give it and he take it away. That's not true. The devil is the one who did the, who did the, Come um, to Job, and Job even himself uh, kind of exposed himself as to how he opened the door for the devil to come in. In Job three twenty five, when he said, "Excuse me, what I feared most has finally come upon me." So when we read somebody's story, we should read it carefully, finish it. Don't pick one and then build, establish a a, a doctrine around it. That's not tr- that's not the right way to read things. Sometimes one of the reasons why I'm not able to really share an excerpt of my message on Facebook is because. Except you watch the entire message, you will not get the full picture. So anybody can just tell me to why would they say this? But you need to listen to the, listen to the entire thing. Amen. not well, for instance, when I say something, when I use the word stupid, sometimes people are like how would you, how would the pastor say stupid? But listen to the whole thing. By the time you see what I call stupid, you don't realize that it was more than stupidity. I get to me. So and what is stupidity? Lack of common sense. I know in Nigeria I come from. When somebody say you this, look at what how would you do something stupid? I'm like he was insulting me. No, he just say you didn't apply common sense. Sorry, but I just know we'll just take it like the amen. <laughs> right. So, correction God does not work with the devil to kill people, to correct people. God, no, God was correcting me last week and he was speaking to my heart. And I started making adjustments straight away. So, when people think that, you know God is punishing them or God is correcting them, okay, I'll, I'll rephrase it. Now, one of the things that will make you to be afraid of God. It's because you think that God will bring evil into your life to teach you a lesson or to correct you. So you don't want to make mistake at all. You are so conscious of sin. You are so conscious of not making mistake because you know that um, if God should catch you, God will wipe you with a club and he can destroy you. He is a consuming fire. I wish I could get into all of this now. That's not true. I'll take it back to where I started from. Jesus. How did Jesus correct people? Because the way Jesus corrected people is the way God corrects people. He speaks to people. He does not condemn them amen right um as i close i said what you should what you must know to free yourself from this religious fear you need to understand what exactly the gospel is i've been talking about it over and over in, during my message you need to understand what the gospel is you need to understand who you were at the fall of man or as a result of the fall of man you need to understand why jesus came why he died what is the significance of his death? Why was he raised from the dead in the first place? And what is the significance of that resurrection? Why is he seated at the right hand of the Father in the heavenly places? The, the, the Bible doesn't need to give you those information, but why did the Bible say that? If you understand why Jesus came, why he died, why he resurrected. you know, example, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he said, God has given me a ministry of reconciliation. The Bible tells us in the book of John 17.3 what eternal life is. And John 3.16 and verse 17 tells us that Jesus came, God gave His Son so that we can have eternal life. And that eternal life is to have the life of God. Not the life of destruction, not the life going to hell, but the life of God. If you have the life of God inside of you, what are you doing in hell? You don't belong there. Amen. Another thing we need to also understand is, uh, I feel in my heart to read... um, Romans 4.25. The Bible says here, it says, Jesus was delivered. It's a womb, but Jesus was delivered up because of our offenses and it was written because of our justification. So Jesus died because of your offenses. Because of your sins is why he died. And was raised from the dead to declare you righteous to declare you just to declare you a child of God to give you access full access to the father you no longer need a man of God to go between you and God but you because you are now a child of God you can go to God as your father these things are many more we need to understand about Christ about a Christian so that we can enjoy our Christian life amen and our relationship with God and also we need to also be mindful of something about the wrath to come so some people they're not afraid of the punishment of god now but it's about huh when god when jesus returned ha huh, you know the world we end huh. but let's go to that same Romans. let's go to the next chapter 5 8 to 11. romans 5 8 to 11. now the bible says but god demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we're still sinners, as christ died for us much more then, this verse 9, much more than, look at that, much more than. Let me take it, it, it again so that you can, like we, we can emphasize on that, we can amplify that much more than. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. When you were sinners, Christ died for you. You are not worthy of God. You are not a friend of God. Now, verse 9 is saying to you that much more than, having now been justified... Don't forget, Romans chapter 4, verse 25 says you were justified by by the reason of the resurrection of Jesus Christ to declare you righteous. Justification means to be declared righteous. Much more, much more than having now, now, not in future, now being justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. So talking about the wrath to come, which is a wrath on the devil and the enemies of God. Through Christ Jesus, because you're in Christ Jesus, you have been saved from that. And you should not be thinking about that, but focusing on your new status and your identity. Because you have been saved from that, so why are you thinking about it? Amen. On that verse, I think we, sh- we can quickly read before I shut down. Um, let me see. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9-10. to Now for God appoint for God did not appoint us to wrath. It's, it's not even a consideration, an agenda, or a thought of God at all. God did not appoint you to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake up or sleep, we should live together with him. Friends, your destination, your destiny is to live with Jesus forever. And that relationship starts here when you give your life to Christ. So forget about whether one wrath is coming somewhere. Read it yourself. First Thessalonians 5 uh, 9 uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 8 and 9 forget about whether your wrath is coming focus on your relationship focus on what God wants for you he wants to live with Jesus Christ forever so think about that you know building and strengthening that relationship so that you can do the works of Jesus he said the works that I do shall you also do greater works than this shall you do because I go unto my father I can only pause I can't stop right so I'm going to pause here right and then we carry on with the, the different kind of fear, but there's so much I've covered in this, and on this Sunday, there's so much here. This message probably you have to listen to it like five times so that you can get it to a very much extent. And I know I'm also I was also speaking fast because it's a lot. Uh, we still have a long, a long way to go. So, guys, God loves you so much. God doesn't want you to walk in fear. You need to you need to begin to tackle religious fear by yourself. Forget about what anybody says. Some people will not like this because they like to live in that fear of God, the negative. Um, Torment, torment, okay. I said fear of punishment, kind of thing. Uh, torment, fear, tormential kind of um, relationship with God, so to say. That kind of fear, the fear that has torment. That's what I'm saying, right? Some people like it, and in their own mind, that's how they keep themselves from sin. But there's a better way to keep yourself from sinning. And the better way is by acknowledging every good thing that is you in Christ Jesus, amen. So, I'm gonna pause here. Uh, thank you for connecting with us this morning. Thank you for coming to church this morning. Please keep us in prayer as we are planning to start up our home churches next month uh, so that we can begin to we can do, begin to fellowship with one another break bread strengthen one another uh we'll let you know as we begin to you know, as we begin to start these um, home churches that you can join us on Sunday. you can join us during the week as well when we have Transformers connect we are working on this and I feel the Lord is speaking to you to support to support in one way or the order uh, i'm not, not I'm not talking about money here. I'm talking about you know putting putting those systems together to make them function, to make them work. Uh please feel free to give me a shout. I need a lot of hands in those areas because I'm a person who loves um I'm um I'm an excellence driven person. I like efficiency. I don't like people to waste their time. I like people to get good value for their time and money or whatever they get. So I need uh enough hands on deck to ensure those experiences. I mean fellowship are fantastic and they are rewarding. Amen. Thank you, guys. I pray for you this week that the Lord will enlighten your eyes of understanding to really know who you are called to be your father is what is given to you in Christ Jesus I pray that your heart will be delivered from the religious fear in the name of the Lord Jesus I pray that you will be given the boldness and the strength to stand your ground against manipulations and oppressions of wicked men that you will be able to walk with the Lord and be confident about your relationship with the father and to be able to walk around and talk to people about your father and you can be a child a son a daughter who is confident about a father about his father in the name of Jesus peace I speak Speak into your heart. Speak peace. I speak into your family in the name of Jesus. Praise God.